from high atop his mountain of index cards and tournament brackets, this is The Joy of Booking, a fantasy booking podcast. Here's your host, DC Matthews. Thank you, Brandon Banks, and welcome back to The Joy of Booking. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Hope you are well. Hope those you love are doing well as well. Happy November. Happy November. Uh, It is November 3rd, if I uh, am correct in my mathematicos. This should be the first Joy of Booking episode uh, up in the month of November. We just finished our Halloween Havoc Spectacular. We ranked all those matches. And as I've been doing these last couple of months, what I wanted to do with the first podcast of the month is um, look back in history, as we just did with Halloween Havoc, and go through my magazine collection uh, and look at an old copy of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Now, usually I do it randomly, but the first two were kind of in the same time period, 2001, 2002, and so I did a random thing and I pulled just one of my magazines at random, And it was from the exact same time period, and I didn't want to do that. So then I pulled another one, and it was from 2004, which was tempting. And so I grabbed a third one, and this one seemed the most relevant uh, as it related to what we were talking about, because this is the 7th Annual PWI 500 It came out in holiday 1997, so I'm assuming it is the 97 PWI 500. This is a very beat-up magazine. The cover is, you know, ripped and torn in many places. Um, And this may be considered one of the more controversial PWI 500s in history, solely due to whoever was picked to be number one. Um... And since this guy just so happens to be one of the best uh, Halloween Havoc matches of all time, I figured let's talk about this issue here. So I'm not going to spoil anything. If you happen to not know uh, who the uh, number one wrestler in the 97 PWI 500 is, I may have mentioned it a time or two. I will tell you the seven wrestlers who are on the cover. The PWI 500, top left, Bret the Hitman Hart, leather jacket, winged eagle over his shoulder. Next to him, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Interesting for me is that he has white athletic tape around at least one wrist. His arms are crossed. I don't remember the white tape era. Now, this is 97. So this is following WrestleMania 13, not yet WrestleMania 14. So the Austin 316 era, you know, Stone Cold McMahon, we're not in the height of the Austin era yet, but he's got white tape. Next to him, Shawn Michaels, got the scruff, maybe around the time he loses his smile. Under him, Kevin Nash, NWO. Under him is Taz, you know, short hair, full human suplex machine era. To the left of him, these go in a kind of reverse C sort of formation. Um, 
Bottom center picture, Dean Malenko, the Iceman. And next to him, Diamond Dallas Page. So looking at this group, you go, okay, we have some of the biggest stars of the WWF in the top row. Brett Austin Michaels. This is the Holiday 97 issue. I'm assuming they're not going to address that Austin, that Brett left because that wouldn't have happened yet. This probably printed fall, if not late summer, early fall of 97. Um, so we are at the end of Brett. Not quite Austin. This is the Michaels era. Nash is in the NWO. They're going strong. Taz is running ECW. DDP's on the rise. And then you've got Dean Malenko. And if it wasn't clear enough, Dean Malenko is going to be the number one in the PWF I-500. This is my favorite issue, which is why it is so well-loved. Uh, opening it up, we are in the black and white era. There are some color here, but most of this is going to be, I suppose it would be pink, black, and white. Uh, the inside cover introducing the official ECW Hardcore Hotline. Hosted by Joey Styles, we see a bloody dreamer, a bloody new jack, and Sabu dropping a leg on, I'm assuming that's Saturn. I think I can read part of the back of his Eliminator's trunks. Uh, you know, the PWI 500 is going to take up the most of this. I'm obviously not going to read all the names, though it's tempting. Uh, Malenko's putting... Um, Rey Mysterio in some sort of crab hold. I am trying to... Oh, this is a picture from Halloween Havoc. I can read the uh, the Slim Jim logo on the mat, and I can read the graphic, and then there's uh, the giant here. So let's let's dive in. I'm going to be very careful with this, because as this is, you know, thinner paper. Uh, we reference the, you know... Uh, there was a cover of PWI that had McMahon and Bischoff, little drawings of them at each other's throats. PWI's plan to prevent Armageddon. I don't remember that uh, issue. I didn't have them all, but I had a bunch. Um, let's see here. I'm just looking for the... We got Takamishinoku here. These are all, you know, letters to the editor sort of things I never really cared about. Uh Ringside with Bill Apter. Lex Luger should quit WCW. Um, someone should do something to show J.J. Dillon he must take a hands-on approach. So this is, again, this is that mixture of... They're keeping kayfabe alive over there in PWI. I haven't read a PWI in, God, probably a decade or more. I don't know what they do now, but they're keeping kayfabe alive, talking here about, you know... D does J.J. Dillon hold a grudge against Lex Luger from the, the era of the Four Horsemen? I doubt it. But here we have a, you know, just kind of scrolling through. Uh, we're talking about how Rocky, at this point, Rocky Maivia has joined the Nation of Domination. This, he looks like he's got an armbar on Rockabilly. I can tell by the dark hair. Billy Gunn had darker, his darkest hair, I think was during the Rockabilly era, so that would make sense here, you know. So that we're before we're pre-rock. We're pre-rock, pre-rock. I've got see Slaughter. I see Rick Titan. Um he is no longer the new Razor Ramon. He's gone back to the USWA, which I believe at one point was kind of a minor league. And then we've got Yoko. 
I see here we've got, you know, the little cartoon interviewing masked wrestlers. I see Cibernetico. Maybe that's, no, I don't, I don't, Lucha Libre is not my thing. There's a guy with an ECW shirt and a pumpkin on his head, which reminds me of the Halloween Havoc where Terry Funk got uh, pile driven onto a pumpkin, pumpkin, pumpkin. Um, Yoko, you know, had been released from WWF at this time, so he's on an indie show. People were assuming he was going to be losing weight. Did not happen, sadly, sadly, sadly. Uh, let's see here. From the desk of Stuart Sachs. Nothing that looks interesting here. More pictures. Again, we've got Taz. I see Austin and Brett. Brett and Taker. Um, they're gearing up for their year-end awards. Uh, somebody talking about, you know, the PWI 500. Um, so maybe that's what they're doing here. So, you know, these articles are kind of talking about you know, what's about to happen in the PWI 500 and how there wasn't a, you know, no nonsense. A lot of years, in the years to come following this, Austin's obviously going to be the number one wrestler. Um, there wasn't that uh, case in 97, apparently, which is why I think Malenko got the nod. So who would have thought, you know, two or three years ago, I'm quoting here, who would have thought that Dean Malenko, DDP, and Chris Benoit would all make the top ten? while Brett, Sean, Hogan, Flair, Vader, all would not. And the more of a top ten to me, I guess. Let's see here. More letters. Sean Michaels, Terry Funk with the ECW belt, Raven and his flock. All right, here we go. Oh, Champions of the Galaxy Wrestling Game. Brandon Banks, I, I know I started working on a wrestling game. I know you were excited about it. it. It has fallen completely off my radar. Maybe at some point I will pick it back up. But this is one of those Champions of the Galaxy. So it's kind of superheroes meets wrestlers. You know, you play with wrestling playing cards, action charts, and dice. That's what I was working on. You're the head promoter, 200 wrestlers at your fingertips. Um, all right. So, PWI 500, if you haven't yet read Stu Sack's column, which was back there, every standard upon which the PWI 500 is shot to heck. So, then they do all of their mea culpas, mea culpas. It's not a men's only club, but there's usually only one wrestler of female persuasion who makes it in. You know, injuries count. It's August through August, yada, 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 yada. And if you want to go you know, provide feedback, go to the PWI America online site in the wrestling rap section of Grandstand Squared Circle area. And it gives you a seven-step process to do that. This is the pre-Google era, friends. Pre-Google. Dean Malenko, number one wrestler. 17 years a pro. He was 13th in the previous year's um, you know, they go through their top five moments of the year. This is at least for the top 10, top five moments of the year. Um, then apparently they interview them. They get a quote from each wrestler about being in the PWI, which I find hilarious. Uh, we see his path to the top. He was 250th in 91, 309th in 92, and then kind of bounced his way up and now is the number one wrestler. Then there's a, where is he headed? Well, sadly, not to anything bigger than that. This is kind of peak Malenko. 
you know, it's a shame that most of his career, you know, we're not going to see. You know, his he started in the 80s, I want to say, um, wrestled all the way through the 90s, but we're not going to see a lot of that. Number two, Mitsuharu Masawa, another wrestler I wish I could see more of, uh, another 17-year pro. Um, you know, this is, has, let me stand up and turn the fan on here. Nope, that's the light. Put myself in the dark there for a second. In the dark. You know, you kind of wonder here. Is PWI falling in the the, uh, the realm of the smart mark? You know, Malenko and Masawa, one and two. Are they getting too big for their britches here? Then we see Austin and Paige, three, four. That makes sense. Uh, Luger at five. Taker at six. Shinya Hashimoto and the Giant are seventh and eighth. I got to make sure I'm not... Knocking over important documents here. I'm back in the uh, back in the wife's room. If it wasn't obvious by the audio quality, um, so there's important documents everywhere. I don't want to disrupt anything. And then Liger and Benoit, nine and ten. So you know, looking at this, you've got you've got Malenko and Masawa. Nobody's going to argue with their bona fides. This is and this is still this is Austin. You know, his number one moment, according to this, is winning the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam. And if you remember that match, he broke his neck. So this is, you know, this is, again, we're not, this isn't, he hasn't hit anyone with a bedpan yet. He's not driving a beer truck yet. And he still made it to number three. Uh, DDP, you know, becomes a fan favorite. You got you know, Luger. It's not a great top ten. Maybe part of that's because I'm not as up to the, familiar with the careers of Hashimoto, Liger, and uh, Misawa, but, uh, and I'm not going to go through, again, I'm not, I don't want to just read names. Uh, I will look at things that are interesting here. Taz came in at number 11. Um, another guy, you know, they talk about this on, I'm assuming it, no, it was uh, NAI Pod, the New Age Insiders, our buddies, our friends, our amigos, former affiliates uh, of ours. Um, you know, they did a, is he a hall of famer? You know, Taz's ECW career is great. Uh, it's just that no one really saw it. And by the time he got similar to Malenko, by the time he gets to the big, the quote unquote big show of WWF, you know, he's battling injuries. He's getting up there in years and, you know, his career is not nearly as long. Both of them had very successful careers, uh, outside of um, this, you know, Malenko was a backstage guy, great mind for the business. Taz, Hall of Fame level commentary, I agree with that. Is Dean Malenko a hard, Hall of Famer? You bet your bippy he is. Uh, you know, let me go through here. Uh, Austin and Paige already in. Is Luger a Hall of Famer? Yeah, sure. I may have weighed in on this already, but the Lex Express was a big deal to me as a kid. Um, he, you know, shows up at the first Nitro. He's the first big steal of the Monday Night Wars. He wins the world title from Hogan. Not, you know, didn't work out great. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he killed Liz. Maybe he was, you know, part of that. Um, has Big Show gotten in yet? He will. Liger's in. Uh, you know, is Taz a Hall of Famer? I think so. Is the number 12 wrestler Ultimo Dragon a Hall of Famer? I think so. I think so. I think that he is. Um, 
haven't gotten to his era yet of WWF, haven't been watching wrestling nearly, almost none at all. Well, I can't say that. Within the last three weeks, I watched, three or four weeks, I watched 12 Halloween Havocs. So I can't say I haven't watched any wrestling. Um, I haven't, and I watched the SmackDown where Bray made his return. And I watched Extreme Rules. Okay. Obviously, my brain is, you know, I haven't watched two or three hours of wrestling a day. So I say I haven't watched it in a while. Clearly, that's faulty. Um, let's see here. Looking at it, we got Owen at 16. That makes sense. Michaels is at 18. Eddie Guerrero's at 24. Wow, six. Ahead of Scott Hall. Uh, I guess 97 Hall was out with personal problems. We've talked about that. I like how, you know, it goes through. They give a lot of things. If they've got, you know, maybe 50 words a person here. Height provides him with tremendous leverage, dot, dot, dot. Likes toothpicks. That's, that's great. That's great. Um, all right, let's see here. We've got Jericho at 26. I always found it interesting that tag team wrestlers almost always are within two or three spots of each other. And, you know, if you're in a tag team, I suppose that makes sense. They're kind of ranking you, you know, you're about here and which one we think is better. Because we see the Steiners here. Rick Steiner at 27, Scotty at 30. The Steiners are arguably the best team in the sports history. Well, I did rank them that way in my tournament there. So I agree. I agree. Now I'm just looking for interesting facts here. Chris Jericho is a heartthrob to many female fans. Go to hell, PWI Magazine. Uh, let's see. We've got Rey Mysterio at 29. Probably should be higher. I imagine he would have been in the next year's one. Hunter Hearst Helmsley at 31. Um, refuses to take the blame for his loss losses, often blaming them on politics instead of his own shortcomings. <laughs> RVD, Flair's at 35, we've got Ken Shamrock in the top 40, Muda's in the top 40, Goldust at 41, you know, we learned during our Halloween Havoc quest that he's, you know, for me, very, very high up, Volkan, now I'm just looking at interesting names, Volkan, who the hell is this guy, uh, top wrestler in the rings promotion in Japan, I have a vague recollection of rings. Um, something I did not do. I did not bring my Chromebook in. I have my phone, so I suppose I could look things up if I want to. But really, I've got 450 more wrestlers to go. I probably can't be doing that. The Russian-born Han is a master of submission holds. I'd like to see him wrestle Dean Malenko then. Here's Farouk. Farouk one step ahead of Vader, who he won the world title on. Vader, not as intimidating as he once was. Once again, go to hell, PWI. Mankind, 51. Mankind at 51 is rumored to be a good kisser. <laughs> Ahmed Johnson at 53. Go to hell. No, he's not. Uh, let's see. Piper ahead of Hogan. Good for him. You know, I'm, I'm, I apologize that I'm avoiding, you know, some of the Japanese wrestlers, as always. Uh, number 56 is Steel. Uh, if I remember correctly, let me see. 
you know, masked Mexican wrestler, I believe, reminds some people of Lex Luger in his formative years, favorite maneuver is the top rope splash. Let me ask you a question, because I think I'm pretty sure I know this answer. Um, what wrestler of the Attitude Era could be considered to be similar to Lex Luger in his formative years and had a top rope splash as a finisher? And wore a towel to the ring and almost lost his PP due to some choppy choppy. Val Venus, I believe, was known as Steel. I'm going to venture a guess, and I'm not going to look it up, but I'm going to venture a guess. Somebody else look it up. That this is the highest Val Venus is. I doubt Val Venus cracks the top 50 in any other one, but maybe I'm wrong. But I think that's Val Venus. I'm 90% sure that's Val, and he made it to 56. One uh, spot ahead of. Uh, Dr. Death, Dr. Terry, Christopher, ahead of Terry Funk. Go to hell, PWI. Uh, let's see. Stan Hansen, we talked about him. Stan Hansen and Scott Norton. Let me watch that match. Let me watch that match. Vicious and delicious, you bet your bippy they were. You bet your bippy. Tenru! Tenru! All right, now I'm just saying names for fun. Chris Candido at 71. I always thought it interesting that he wore uh, tights similar to Terry Funk. I'm assuming an homage, but no longer has Tammy Sonny Fitch as his manager, but she has been seen hanging out with him in public. I would assume so. I would assume so. Uh, we've got Cronus here, Pitbull 2, Super Callow, Fragilistic, more successful in his home country. I would think so. Uh, Lord Steven Regal, down to 80, uh, focused on singles competition, is one of the toughest guys in wrestling. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Though I will say, tangent time. Made it 22 minutes without a tangent. Tangent time. Have a sip of my vitamin water. I gotta have your vitamin water. Um, I listen to Regal's podcast pretty regularly and i just finished today the one he cut on mjf which really was like a 90 minute promo slash advertisement for aew and i have to wonder i have to ask myself um was that a request slash influence from aew management because the Regal podcast is most often talking about WWE properties. It's either talking about his time in WCW or his time in the WWF slash E or his work with NXT. They go back and they review all of these shows. So you have to ask yourself, he is technically an AEW employee. Does Tony Khan or someone else in AEW management I doubt it's one of the elite, you know, are they tired of him talking so much about the competition? Are they going to ask, you know, did they ask him, Hey, let's, let's do some AEW stuff because, you know, he, the problem with Regal's podcast, one of the problems is that he tends to repeat himself. Uh, that podcast could have been 30 minutes. He just kept saying the same things over and over again. He got, you know, and it really just became a, he's promoting at one point, the, the host, um, who is growing on me, sadly, like a fungus, he is growing on me. Uh, but the host, you know, says, we're not trying to promote this. Yes, you are. 
You spent 90 minutes talking about the match, talking about how you had an issue with him and how he's going to... Now you're going to beat John Moxley. How are you going to beat John Moxley? How are you going to be world champion? This was, this was used. And part of me doesn't mind that. If AEW wants to start using podcasts as, you know, to, to help influence the stories, that's fine. That's a perfectly logical way to do the things. But, I don't know. William Regal, Lord Steven, Darren Matthews, ha ha ha, is my favorite wrestler of all time, without question. So I'm going to listen to this podcast, and there are great things. I watch wrestling matches differently now, having listened to his podcast, um, having listened to him talk about how to do quality pins, and I pay attention to what wrestlers are doing quality pins and what wrestlers aren't. Recently, talking about, you know, um, it's a better idea for you to use the two turnbuckles closest to the hard camera. Because then not only does the hard camera get an angle, but, you know, the cameramen are most likely to be able to get that corner. You don't want the camera people having to run around to take a picture of you because in the five or six seconds that it takes for them to run around and get the right picture, you know, you've done a decent amount of your offense. Incredibly smart, logical. That's what I want. I want Lord Steven to teach me how to watch wrestling matches better. What I don't want is a 90-minute promo on MJF, and I don't need him talking about how just quality pro, quality pro, quality pro. I will say, an interesting thing that they mentioned in this is they're talking about the BCC. He's talking about him and Moxley and Danielson and Wheeler and Cesaro and all of that, and he talked about how you know, they're going to be a group for life, even if they're not all together working for the same company. And he said it in such a way that made me think, okay, who's leaving? You don't say that now unless somebody's thinking of leaving. Because on the sh on, when you look at it, you go, Moxley's probably a lifer. Maybe he goes back at the tail end of his career or when AEW eventually collapses. Um, and maybe that's what Regal was expecting. But Moxley's in it for the long haul. Danielson's in it for the long haul. I don't Now, to be fair, would Hunter bring back Daniel Bryan and allow him to wrestle? Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Um, Cesaro, I'd love to see him go back to uh, WWE, but I imagine he's under some big contract. Wheeler Yuta, you don't know. The person who I think is most likely to leave is Regal himself. He talks about his relationship with Triple H. They've known each other for such a long time. They had this kind of unspoken way of communicating where Regal knew what Hunter needed to, to him to do, and he did it. Don't you think that would come in handy now? I think if somebody's going to wind up working for WWE, it's going to be Regal. Going back and doing a, you know, whether he's working with NXT or he's doing talent or he's doing something, maybe he's the head producer for the show, you know. I would think he's he's the most likely to go. Maybe him or Cesaro. But again, I don't know the state of the contracts. But that's my tangent is, the you know, I'm getting stuff out of the podcast, but they could be better. I suppose what else is new? Back to the PWI 500. Uh, let's see. Booker T at 84. A lot of wrestlers I don't know. You know. Atlantis, Dr. Wagner, Kazuo Yamazaki. Never heard of these people. Koji Kanemoto. I love him. 
Tiger Suplex, love that move too. Silver King, just behind Barkus Bagwell. You go to hell, PWI. Booker T ahead of Stevie Ray, though. That makes sense. Ming. Ming at 95, up from 140. After a long slump, Ming has been on a tear of late in WCW. Tongan, Tonga Death Grip is his new finisher. That's wrong. He and the Barbarian made a run at the WWF tag, World Tag Team title late in 96 and early this year. No. The Faces of Fear did not go after the WWF Tag Team title. WCW, I believe. Typo here in this issue. Uh, Conan at 100. We're still in the uh, glossy color thing. Thrasher at 110. Mosh at 104. One behind The Rock. Two ahead of Pillman. You, JC Ice at 107. Was wrestling that bad in 97 that you're putting JC Ice and Headbanger Thrasher in the top 115? Disco Inferno ahead of Tracy Smothers. Say it with me. You go to hell, PWI. Bam Bam. Where are you, Bam Bam? Bam Bam at 126. Behind Wolfie D and Prince Iakea. And Salvatore Sincere. This is hurting my head. Alex Wright ahead of the Barbarian, because, you know, that's the crazy upside-down world we're living in. Henry Godwin ahead of Lance Storm. I understand these are snapshots. I understand these are snapshots in time. And Henry Godwin in WWF probably had a more successful career than Lance Storm in, you know, whatever he did in ECW, Because, but still... Still, I'm not looking for the fun facts. I'm just looking at names. I got to go back and look for the fun facts here. Uh, where are the fun facts? The fun facts get better as we get lower in it. Flash Funk, perhaps he feels lost without his Funkettes. He was ranked 35th in the last year, the previous year's PWI, which seems insane to me. Insane. Crush, legal problems in Hawaii, has a cool tattoo featuring shark teeth on his forehead. No, he doesn't. Stop lying. Stop lying. What do they say about Al Snow? Nothing exciting. Help to train Dan Severn for UFC. I didn't know that. I don't think I knew that. Phil LaFont. Phil LaFon. I love me some Phil LaFon. Says WWF fans don't appreciate his skills. Probably very true. D'Lo Chip. D'Lo Brown ranked 144. Ah, oh, Billy Gunn. Rockabilly. Rumor is, has it, he still longs for former manager Sonny. What else is new, guys? Come on now, what else is new? Reckless Youth, 152. Regal talked about Reckless Youth. I, you know, I wish I could go back to this. You know, He's training with Danielson, Kendrick, Reckless Youth, Lance Cade. Would just love to go watch these people train. I would love that. I would love that a lot. Comma, below Hugh Morris. You go to hell. PG, P.G. Walker. No, it's P.J. Walker. Another typo. We get a big... Oh, I should hang this up. A big pull-out poster of Dean Malenko as number one. No smile on his face. And then we get an action gallery. Let's check out the action gallery. We've got a leg bar. Um, he's probably lifting Eddie up for something, but it just looks like his arms are out and Eddie's jumping in them. 
Drop kick to Jarrett. Camel clutch to Mysterio. Nice double arm bar leg lock to Viano 4. Love that. Oh, we are out of the glossy section. I just ripped the cover even more. I just ripped Shawn Michaels in half. Sorry, Shawn. Sorry, HBK. I do have a student who has a um, SmackDown ring he brought to school the other day. He's got a John Cena action figure, a Shawn Michaels action figure, and I think Hikaru Shida from AEW. Um, and he was having a big, with another student, he was having a big Cena-Michaels match. And I was like, hey, you know, those guys wrestled at WrestleMania. They didn't care. They don't appreciate good wrestling. Uh, Scotty Tuhati, three ahead of Yuji Nagata. You know where to go. Dandy. Not even El Dandy, just Dandy. Let's see. Miguel Perez Jr. They talk about how hairy he is. They don't. That was a mistake. You could have could have missed could have done something here. Dick to go. Dick to go likes to finish opponents with his bone crushing top rope senton. I agree. I think that's the first person I ever saw do a top rope senton, and it blew my young mind. The new diesel. Let's see. Okay. Let's read what they have to say about the new diesel, aka Glenn Jacobs. Uh, was brought in to the WWF by Jim Ross, never well received by fans. Teamed with the new Razor before getting into a feud with him, was hoping to be a champion. Lost a loser, leaves the USWA match to the new Razor. Most observers still feel he has a great deal of potential and will be a star in a few years. Interesting, this last note, just don't let him go into politics. They were prescient. They were prescient. Devon down to 177. Bubba was much higher than that. Jake Roberts, David Taylor, uh, Super Delphin. Is he the one with the claws? Or is that Grand Naniwa? One of them had, like, came to the ring with big claws. Scott Putzke in the top 200 shut up. When not in the WWF, also almost always has Missy, Sia, Missy Hyatt at his side. Can I tell you? Scott Putzke would have had a much more successful career if he had been managed by Missy Hyatt. I'll give you that. Jacques Rougeau. More wrestlers I don't know. Bubba Rogers. Bubba Rogers. His win-loss record might improve if he started carrying and using a nightstick again. Agreed. You know, fell more than twice. He was 93rd last year, so fell more than twice that number. Flash Flanagan who I always feel like I know, but I don't think I know. Carl Willette, still wrestling, which is amazing for PCO. Ahead of Masato Tanaka, that's a dream match. PCO versus Masato Tanaka, yes, please. Hayabusa, I always loved Hayabusa and his younger brother Avatar. Hakushi? Hakushi, Hakushi, the prayer powerbomb. We've got Tito still in here, Tito still wrestling. Tito made it ahead of Billy Kidman. Is he scratchy yet? Nope, doesn't say he's scratchy yet. Grand Hamada, is he the one? Nope, he is not the one apparently with the crab thing. Giant Baba in this at 207? Giant Baba is ridiculous. As is the case with Antonio and Noki, there's no fair way to rate Baba against the younger wrestlers since he doesn't compete with them anymore. Very true. Giant Baba, to me, like his arms are so skinny. His arms are so skinny. Vincent? Ahead of Michael Wall Street, a.k.a. Mike Rotunda, get bent. Get bent. 
All right, let's see. We got Bobby Eaton here, Vic Steamboat, younger brother of Rick Steamboat. I don't. Is that true? I didn't think that was true. I think they're lying to me. I think they're lying to me. Mark Marrow, 221. Chris Chavis, former Tatanka. Stop calling it the Papoose to go backdrop. That could not have been allowed, should not have been allowed in the 90s, let alone now. We've got a Viano. Lord Zoltan, everybody. Ah, the amazing Lord Zoltan. One of wrestling's strangest competitors. Veteran hails from Bourbon Street in New Orleans. Ah, man. That's one of the wrestlers that I only know because of the PWI. Because what a great name, Lord Zoltan. That's so like it reminds. I think when I picture that, I picture Danhausen in the '90s. That's what I picture. Takamishinoku, two thirty. He's gonna get much higher. Little Guido, Blue Meanie, the Italian Stallion, which is such a hilarious name for a guy who's not that attractive. We've got Chaos of High Voltage. They spelled his name wrong. And then they said Sea Rage. Hopefully I get to see that. And they say Sea Chaos, because that would be hilarious. Oh, nope, there's Rage. Nope. Nope. Uh, ooh, 245, Joe E. Legend, the other half of Sex and Violence with Sexton Hardcastle. We know him as Edge. Haven't seen his name yet. I'm assuming I will. Oh, there he is, 254. Teams with Joey Legend to form a provocatively named team. S&V have dominated the tag team scene in the Michigan area and Canadian independence. Got started by winning an essay contest. Sometimes managed by handsome Johnny Bradford. Resembles Chris Jericho in looks and style. I guess a little bit. And then becomes Edge. Is he going to be the biggest wrestler at the lowest ranking? That's what I want to know. I'm ignoring the the uh, Harris brothers, but we have Spellbinder. I always thought Spellbinder looked really cool. If you don't know who that is, look up Spellbinder. We've got Stephen Dunn of Well Done here. Jimmy Snuka still going at 266. Christian Cage. High-flying Toronto native is a member of a Canadian rule-breaking clique called Thug Life. Likes to use the Texas Cloverleaf and Slingshot Moonsault as finishers. I don't recall him doing any of those. Um, Vampiro's here. There's Rick Titan, way down at 273. We've got Grand Naniwa. There's the one with the Crab Claws. Where's Crab Claws to the ring? Spike Dudley, way down. Tajiri at 280. Just 22. Tajiri should have a bright future. And he does. And he does. Reggie B. Fine. We have now entered the names I just like saying. Reggie B. Fine. Brad Armstrong at 288. Shame, shame, shame. Should be much higher. Bobby Duncombe. The Renegade still going at 295. But his real asset is still his power. Not true. His real asset is nothing. His real asset is nothing. Mabel at uh, 300. Down from 53. Ouch. He's going to become Viscera and do better. David Jericho, Iceman, Bo James, Rick Justice. This sounds like wrestlers from that intergalactic champions thing. The Sultan, Fatu at 311, wears a leather muzzle. What a weird career uh, Fatu has had. Rikishi. Hacksaw's here now. 
We've got Bobby Blaze. Everybody loves Bobby Blaze. One ahead of Tim Blaze. You know that's not an accident. Uh, Flaming Youth. I wonder. Oh, and he had a partner named Wasted Youth. These are wrestlers, apparently. Corporal Punishment. Again, what a great indie name. Or a jobber for um, WWE 2K Games. Ox Harley. Mickey Free. Rick. Diesel. Man, these names are great. The Boston Bad Boy, Tony Rumbles here. Gollum the Giant. Feuded with former Viper Nest partner Dream Killer. Oh man, Gollum the Giant. I would like to watch him wrestle. We've got Rick Link, the Pink Assassin, Killer Canarek. I don't know any of these people. Mike Quackenbush, I know him. Steve Carino's in here. And there's Mad Maxine, the only female to make the PWI. Apparently the only, you know, I guess this has happened multiple times, not only competes exclusively against men, but is a belt holder. Her toughest opponent has been her mother, Mama Maxine. Well, but if Mad Maxine competes exclusively against men, then Mama Maxine shouldn't have anything to do with it. Right? Unless Mama Maxine is really Papa Maxine and was just way ahead of his time. Cuball Carmichael claims to have a $300 Italian haircut, but that's hard to believe because he's bald. Put him in the Hall of Fame. That's hilarious. Ravishing Ronnie. Boogie Woogie Brown. Boogie Woogie Brown. We've got Rick Martell. Hey, the model's down here. Bushwhacker Luke. The Brimstone Shocker. We've got Bushwhacker Butch. Ernest Miller, coming in for his first time at uh, 373. Dizzy Gillespie, the big bad chef, is actually a good cook. Is never without his trusty cookie sheet. Can I tell you, that's pretty good. The wrestling chef who brings a cookie sheet and a rolling pin purposefully lost a banana-eating contest to a pot-bellied pig. So promoter Blaine DeSantis would be forced to kiss the pig. This is why you read PWI 500s. You would not know that if you hadn't read this. And it's amazing. We've got 379. JB Destiny, who has this ridiculous pose where he's got his like, fingers at. That's hilarious. Let's see. Formed the Dead Ringers with his tin twin brother. Walk on part in the made for cable movie The Assassin File. He has a victory over uh, Stevie and the Blue Meanie. That's something. The War Machine. Professor Maxwell. Oh, oh! I was gonna say we're in the deep dark now, but there. Then again, three ninety-eight. Rhino Richards. You know him. You love him. He's still wrestling. Nine one one's here. Rhino's here. Mister Ula La. Another one of my favorites. Lord Zoltan and Mister Ula La. Just fantastic. And he teamed with Chef Dizzy Gillespie. The French Connection. I would pay money. If someone has a tape of those matches, I would watch it. Tarek the Great, Devlin Blanchard, which sounds... Oh, I know why Jordan Devlin and Tessa Blanchard. I was like, that sounds familiar. C.W. Anderson at 401. He's going to go higher. Let's see. I'm sure there's somebody in here who made it big, and I just don't happen to know their name. Big Daddy Adams, Freedom Fighter, Exet Aggressor Fury. Oh my goodness, I just saw 435. Hold on. Wait a minute. Billy Bart. 
who looks like a chunkier Al Snow, Robert Roma. Tower of Doom! Former champion was known as Macho Warrior Rick Hogan. <laughs> the Macho Warrior Rick Hogan. That's amazing. And is now known as Tower of Doom. With a devastating power bomb and leg drop, I'm sure. Joey Matthews. Okay, 425. Champagne, Sil the Sadist. We've got the Iron Sheik at 431. Tiger Khan. Um, and then we have uh, Surge at 435. Let's talk about Surge. Once held the Championship Wrestling Federation title in the Southeast. Um, partnered with Wolverine. He has also wrestled in the Pro Wrestling Wrestling Professional Wrestling Federation, Smoky Mountain, in the Mid Atlantic. Signature move is the Megahertz Springboard Moonsault. I left two sentences out there um, because he wrestles in the WWF under his real name, Matt Hardy. Teaming with partner Wolverine, they are known as the Hardy Boys. So they were Surge and Wolverine. Can someone do this? Has someone ever called him Surge in a promo? I would love to see that. Just get under his skin. Call him Surge. Christian York. There we go. Professor Egon Ekdon wrestles in his lab coat and has been known to dye his hair several different colors. That's Doc Manson. That is exactly what Doc Manson would do. Uh, we've got Venom. We've got Ricky Rhodes. Kevin Kirby. The Canadian Destroyer. I'm looking to see if I recognize any of these pictures. I don't. Psycho Rick Matrix. Yvonne P. St. Denis. Pat Shamrock. Briar Wellington. Not Beef Wellington. Maybe Beef Wellington's in here somewhere. Major Agony. Great wrestling name. Roland Hard. Apparently a tough, dirty wrestler who likes to whip opponents into the rope and wipe them out with a butt bump. Ring music consists of a mix of the Fat Albert, Good Times, and Sanford and Son scene themes. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Wild Child, Jack Studd. Oh, we're down to the last page. The Hun, Section 8, Son of Satan 2, Death Wish. Paul Atlas, Tech 9, Super Key 1, J.P. Hogg, Biggie Sleaze, Dr. Hertz. Indiana Kid Jr., and the 500 wrestler Joe Rules. All right, so farewell to the 500. They list wrestlers um, that, you know, were in last year's that didn't make it in this year's, and then they have a nice little thing. So Two Cold Scorpio is the first one because obviously he had a name change. Uh, Chris Adams is off the list. Arn Anderson, inactive. We've got a bunch of Armstrongs. Bob Backlund didn't make the list. Beefcake, Blacktop Bully, Adam Baum got a name change. Bastion Booger wasn't there. Bunkhouse Buck and Bruiser Mastino, a.k.a. Mantar, wasn't there. I wonder if I could... No, I'm not even going to say it. Jimmy Del Rey wasn't there. I'm not going to say it. Doink was off the list. But they don't have anyone who passed away. A lot of times they do that. They put people who passed away. Although I'm noticing that Bruiser Mastino's on this list twice for some reason. 
All right. We have finished the 500. We're almost an hour in. Now you get your alphabetical listing from 911 to Lord Zoltan, which wouldn't technically be alphabetical, but okay. Uh, PWI Dream Tournament. Hello. In the October 97 issue, we presented round one of our third installment of the PWI Dream Tournament. Now you get to decide how it works. Well, they did the first round already, but I'm going to do the whole thing right now. Uh, oh, go to hell, PWI. Match one is Dean Malenko versus Owen Hart. Are you kidding me? Do I have a pen? Give me a pen. Screw this. I'm writing on this. Uh, no. We're changing things. Uh, we're going to pencil in. We're switching places here. Uh, instead, it's Dean Malenko versus Hulk Hogan. Dean Malenko wins. Hashimoto versus Pillman. I'm going to give the win to Pillman. Owen Hart versus Ahmed Johnson. Owen will win that. Masawa versus Luger. Uh, we'll go with uh, Luger. I'm writing all over this page. No, not Luger. What am I talking about, Masawa? Uh, RVD Page. Yeah, I'll go DDP. Austin versus Funk. Ooh, tough. I'll go with Austin. Undertaker versus Sting. Good match. We'll go with The Undertaker. Giant versus Brett. Nah, we gotta go Brett. Even though every time he complains about how much Goldberg sucks, I like him even less. Uh, Malenko versus Pillman. We're going with Dean. Owen beats Masawa. Austin beats Page. And Brett beats The Undertaker. So our final four... Dean versus Owen, Austin versus Brett. We'll go with Dean and Brett in what would be an amazing finals match. And I will give our winner, because he's not bitter, to Dean Malenko. Thank you for putting a tournament in. Kevin Green, go to hell. Oh, another, uh, you know, create your own imaginary wrestler. Here are some of the ones they've created. Big Ben, Jaeger Van Dorn, Bodybag Jones, Eric Darkstrom, Nook. The Secret Weapon. Uh, let's see. A lot of wrestlers. Uh, DDP not happy with being number four for some reason. Don't care. Don't care. You can buy some stuff. All right. Here we go. Now they're saying, he, you know, we want you to vote. Oh, Wahoo McDaniel School of Pro Wrestling. Call this number. 24-hour answering service. Uh, probably the wrestlers themselves. It's time to vote. 97 Rookie of the Year. I'm going to vote based on the names they gave. Uh, top candidates. Brackus? No. Kevin Green? No. Ernest Miller? No. Who won? None of these names are good. Who would have won? Of the names they gave, maybe Prince Iakea? I'm looking this one up. I'm going to look this up. Because this is worth figuring out. 1997 PWI Year End Awards. I almost did a PWI poll. I did almost do it. It was Prince Iakea. Prince Iakea was the Rookie of the Year. What a ridiculously bad year for rookies. Most Improved Wrestlers of the Year. DDP? No, not DDP. Uh, the Dudleys, Hunter, Jericho, Shamrock, RVD. I'll go with Hunter. Oh, sorry. Inspirational Wrestler of the Year. 
I skipped. They didn't. They didn't go in order. Inspirational wrestler of the year. Uh, I'll say Terry Funk because I know he wins. Comeback of the year. Crush. Ric Flair. Bret Hart. Kurt Henning. Kama. Pillman. Piper. Steiner. I will go with um, eh, Kurt Henning. I won't even underline. I'll write in the book. Kurt Henning. Uh, most improved hunter, most popular wrestler, Austin, no question. Most hated, Hogan, no question. Manager of the year, oh, Sonny. Oh, Sonny. Uh, I will go with, uh, you know what I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with Sonny. Oh, no. All right. Feud of the year, Austin versus Brett, no question. Match of the year, um... They only go through July. Eddie versus Dean? Probably. Because we can't count um, Mysterio. Unless we do Mysterio Guerrero, because technically that was in 97. Tag Team of the Year, uh, Dudley's. Wrestler of the Year for 97, Austin. All right, let's see if I won. Most Improved Wrestler of the Year, Ken Shamrock. You go to hell. Comeback of the Year, Bret Hart. Okay, fine. Except he left by November, so really doesn't matter. Uh, Manager of the Year, Bill Alfonso. No. Feud of the Year, Randy versus DDP. Okay, fair. Most Popular, Sting. 97. Yep, fair enough. Most Hated, Bret Hart. Wrong on both counts. Uh, Austin versus Brett match of the year. I didn't see that one. I wasn't. I didn't read the whole thing. I'm trying to move on here. Obviously, yes, that would have won. Um, Eddie versus Ray at Halloween Havoc was the runner-up. Mm, Austin and Brett told a better story, I suppose. Tag team, The Outsiders, no. Wrestler of the year, Lex Luger. All right, I'm sorry I wasted all of your time. I should burn every copy of the PWI magazine. Official ratings, Alex Wright. Coming in at number eight, ahead of Shane Douglas, I should burn these magazines. Burn them. Burn them to the ground. Burn them. Uh, Steve Austin, rare picture of him with like a Zorro stash and goatee. Rick Rude returns to the WWF as an insurance policy. We have a wrestling inquirer, like a newspaper here. Uh, and then we've got RVD and Sabu hitting their double splash and leg drop onto Taz as our picture of the month. And that ends the magazine and the episode. Um, 97 was a weird time. And it's, you know, I loved these magazines as a kid. These were, these were way better to me than WWF magazines. I learned so much about wrestling and wrestlers from reading these magazines. This one doesn't age well, though. A lot of crappy decisions, and which, again, obviously makes sense in time, in the time, but at this time, doesn't age well. I hope this episode ages well. hope I don't get canceled for saying go to hell, PWI, or for, you know, hinting that Lex Luger killed Miss Elizabeth. That might have been a little rough. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Happy November. Uh, we will get back into um, our regularly scheduled programming, though I'm going to say right now it's possible we take a little break. Um, we did the Halloween Havocs. We just did this. 
that would mean I need to get a new Cruiserweight Classic and a new uh, Battle of the Brands uh, ready for next week. I can't guarantee that's going to happen. A lot, lot going on in the world right now. Uh, so we may go dark for a couple of episodes. Um, I hope that's not the case, but if it is, I know you'll be patient and we'll get back into it. Uh, so my name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. I'll talk to you when I talk to you. I'll see you the next time we celebrate the joy of booking. And in this case, looking back.